Hi, I'm Mary Beth, and this is my mom. Hi, I'm Katie. For practical motherly wisdom, I don't know, ask my mom. Hello. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to say a quick thank you to all of you guys for listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners, and if you guys enjoy what we're putting together, my mom and I, please, by all means, share it. That's the best way that you could support us. Share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Send in a text message. We're available on just about every streaming platform out there, so please, please share. Also, a lot of you have been asking us when we're uploading, and I just wanted to say sorry that it's taken a little while. We've had a very active summer, which is good, and we've been traveling uh, to Napa, Seattle, helping my mom and dad with house projects, and my parents are even doing a big you know, life change, changing some jobs, retirement. I'm starting a new job. I'm a denim designer and joining a new company out here in Orange County. Just to say all of that, we love what we're doing and we're going to keep doing it. So keep staying tuned and just bear with us. Be patient. Maybe it's going to be a little less frequent about once a month, but we're just going to keep plowing forward because my mom and I just love doing these episodes. So all that said, let's dive in. Welcome to today's episode. We are unpacking a listener's question. This listener says, can you recall a time you made a change in your life and how did you do it? Well, I can start out on that one because I'm in the process of some big uh, changes right now. And the, the main thing is I want to simplify my life. And part of the way is I'm letting go of the dreams or visions of who I am. Mm-hmm. which is allowing me to let go of things that I own. Like mm-hmm. uh, years ago, for probably 20 years, I made all of our soap. I mm-hmm. love I love the process of no matter what I'm doing, if I'm baking something, if I'm, you know, and so I love making soap. Yeah. It was just fun to make it and then use it. Mm-hmm. But recently, in the last five or so years, I haven't had the time to make it. So... I decided to let go of my soap making items Mm. and I actually found somebody that's just starting her soap making journey so I was able to pass all those things on to her that makes it a lot easier when you find somebody that you can give it to Um, I used to make a lot of jewelry and so I had a lot of beads and had a lot of money invested in beads Mm. and to finally say okay I'm not going to make jewelry anymore Mm -hmm. and I can give this away Mm -hmm. and some of those decisions are really hard to make and I've gone through several rooms of my house just emptying out every single box mm-hmm. and you know deciding okay is it time to let go of these things and one of the motivating things is there's a few things I want to do really well I mm. want to be the best birth and postpartum doula I can be mm. I want to garden really well oh. and I want to continue to knit I oh. love to do that so to do those three things 
what am I going to have to let go of? That reminds me, I almost got you a shirt that said knit happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. So another thing, my husband and I have done craft fairs since 1987. That wow. is a long time. We've done henna uh, body art for the last um, 20 years. Mm. And I... Well, last summer, I wanted it to be my swan song, you know, here, this yeah. is my last year, and and stop doing that. And then we didn't have craft fairs last year. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? Just mm. not show up again? Am I going to do one more year? So I'm still deciding that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a hard one to mm. let go of. Because to let go of things, to make these changes, I kind of have to let go of dreams or visions of who I am and things that I've wanted to do and um, hmm. yeah You're, one of the things I haven't let go of yet I have this little collection of mink coats Ooh. and I had this what? you have to show me these <laughs> so wow. so I wanted to take them apart yeah. and make uh, little teddy bears or oh. little other little animals with the movable arms and all that kind of wow. stuff. But it's a lot of hand work. Yeah. And I wanted to make a you know little animal like that for each wait, one wait, of my grandchildren. Wait, you by hand? Yeah. Oh, because yes. as you say, you don't have a fur sewing machine. <clears throat> right, I don't have a fur sewing machine, so that's one of the reasons why you know I haven't done it. So I haven't completely decided to let go of those, but I probably will. Mm. So it's it's just finding somebody that I can give these things to. I don't want to mm-hmm. just go drop them off at a thrift store. Oh, you know. show me those mink pieces. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's part. Like, what has enabled you to be able to part with it now? What oh, has helped? Right. So recently... How did you do it? Yeah, recently, um, your dad and I were on a little vacation. Yeah. And on our way back home, we stopped and uh, met with a couple different people. One person was a friend of Mark's from before we got married mm-hmm. and um, they he and his wife are no longer working mm-hmm. and they have a big beautiful home they have a lot of nice things but their health is not good mm-hmm. and they are not really enjoying their stuff mm-hmm. and it's more of a burden to them oh. and they were saying how they're just leaving it all to their son oh. and you know he said the guy almost was joking about it. He said, oh, yeah, I told my son, you know, keep what he wants and just sell the rest, and that's his inheritance. And I thought, huh. it was, it's so much that it's more, it's a real burden to put mm-hmm. on a child. And then we met with another person who had been my husband's first employer and a very intelligent man, um, and he lives on it on his own now, and he's pretty isolated through COVID. Um, and he lives in this home built in 1913, a six-bedroom home. He yeah. hasn't been upstairs in it for two and a half years. In fact, since wow. his wife died. Oh, wow. And it, the home is like a time capsule, and it's absolutely beautiful and all kinds of neat things in it. But he's not enjoying them anymore. Mm. And I just, as I look through, I said, I thought, I wonder who will enjoy this. Mm. And his his wife's last knitting project was there and next to the knitting project was her knitting journal and she had kept a journal of all the things she had ever knitted wow i know and i thought wow i wonder if somebody's going to enjoy this Mm. and or is it going to be a burden Mm -hmm. to whoever has to clean out that house someday Mm. and i don't want my things to be a burden to my children 
but I also want to give them away or well first of all I want to pass them on to my own children if they wanted them and then I've come to the conclusion and the realization that my children don't want a lot of the things that I have the things that were important to me are not necessarily or they just don't fit mm-hmm. in all my kids lives and when I was going through some things I found um, a huge dish pack box that had um, four different styles of crystal glasses Mm -hmm. that I had won back in, I'm trying to think, the early 80s, probably 1981 and 82, when I sold (laughs) Princess House Crystal. Yeah. Well, when I unwrapped them, they were like tall margarita glasses and iced tea glasses and wine glasses, two Mm -hmm. different sizes, and then champagne glasses and parfait glasses all these different Mm. things beautiful hand-blown crystal but i packed them away in 1994 Mm. according to that's the newspaper that they were wrapped in and i haven't unwrapped them since and it was time to give them away and at the time they were worth quite a bit of money but now i couldn't even get a dollar a piece for them Mm. on marketplace so i ended up finding people that wanted them Um, i did keep the iced tea glasses so Mm. we'll use those uh, one of my daughter-in-laws wanted the parfait glasses because she makes a fun little jello dessert with fruit that it looked pretty in. Mm-hmm. And the rest, I, I gave to one of my neighbors. She was mm. just thrilled to have them. Wow. So um, some of that was just hard to let go of. Yeah. Uh, my grandma's china that we you know, ate on at holidays, and one of my daughter-in-laws wanted that. So that, oh, that was good. nice. Nice to keep that yeah. in the family. Um, but yeah. A lot of other things have just been given away to special people. I found a young girl that was starting her lotion and um, like balm making business, and I oh, used to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I gave her all of my stuff wow. from when I used to make balms and lotion. When you're able to give away something to someone who really appreciates it, right? And yeah. it is hard. It like doesn't always happen that way, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's been good to find people on Buy Nothing right. that uh, tend to enjoy these things right. maybe a bit more. Right. My um, current goal is if I have two of something and I don't need to, to give yeah. the other one away. Mm-hmm. And so on Buy Nothing group, which we've talked about lots of times, yeah, Buy Nothing yeah. Project. Yeah, so good. And they're just starting an app really oh, soon. Oh, yes. yes. I signed up for that. So did I. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I'm on the wait list um, to be in the beta test group for that. Mm-hmm. Um I always look through where people are asking for things. And recently somebody asked for a watering can for their garden. Mm -hmm. And I have two, so I gave her one. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yes. That's good. So you feel like you're weeding out and simplifying things. Right. It's kind of fun. Somebody wanted a pour over coffee thing. I think I've got three or four of those. I don't Mm. know why I ever had so many, unless Mm -hmm. it was just to make a lot of cups of coffee at the same time. And she had just, our family. Yes. <laughs> she had just broke hers that morning, so it was real fun to be able to bless Aww. somebody else. And That's so awesome. I'm actually finding um, some pleasure in being able to weed things out. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope it allows you, as you simplify and make that big change, to then maximize on the things that you're right. wanting to spend most of your time on. Yes. Um, for me, a time that I've made a change in life and how I made it, I've definitely made a lot of big changes and the ones that rise to the surface are, I'm thinking of all the times that I've moved um, or like changed jobs. And I feel like both of those kind of have the same 
kind of the same logic went into it. Like, for instance, when I was living in New York City, I had met Ryan at my best friend's wedding, and we were on the path to engagement and marriage, and I was still living in New York City, and he was in San Diego. So the big change that I made was I quit my job, and I moved to San Diego. And how did I do that? Well, I guess, oh, the how and the why. I mean, I did it because you know, priorities changed. And that's kind of like, for me, I think the common thread of, I think often in life, I'll find myself asking like who and what is most important right now. And I mean, part of that is why Ryan and I are here right now, um, back in California. But anyways, back to the story of when we were about to get engaged, I had the confidence and hope and faith that uh, Ryan and I were gonna pursue marriage. And we had even been designing the ring together. And so there was a level of commitment that was already there. And he was, you know, ready and welcoming on the other side. So I quit my job and packed everything up. I had two guy friends that were so gracious and helped me move my boxes from my New York City apartment that was like a walk-up, it was five floors of like a spiral staircase. And then my room was in, um, there was like a fixed ladder that was like 12 feet tall. And my room was up there. So they, yeah, were so kind and helped me. And it wasn't just like on any rogue day. This was during the polar vortex, that's what they called it. It was during the winter where we had like like five blizzards back to back to back. And this day it was snowing as we were like bringing my stuff down. But yeah, it was truly a miracle that my items made it to California. And I actually remember this, I had found like the cheapest way to ship my boxes and I had packed things really dumb. Like I had, uh, normally, uh, now I understand the the reason you would pack things in a small box so you can lift it up. Right. <laughs> but I just went and got like the um, they were maybe twenty four inches cubed. Like I mean, they were heavy, um, huge boxes, and I like had filled those all up and maybe had like six of them. And I had found that Greyhound buses you can ship things like in the bottom uh, cargo area. And so, but what happened is in New York, they have uh, drivers that contract out to go pick up items and then bring it to the Greyhound Port Authority uh, bus terminal. (laughs) So I basically had all of my prized, you know, belongings, everything that I own, sitting out on the sidewalk with me in the snow (laughs) and this guy comes up in a minivan and he's like fully not prepared to be collecting the items like it it just seemed very sketchy and I remember as he like puts down all the seats like barely can finagle my boxes in there like my boxes are already flexed to the point where they're like you know corners are breaking and it was just so bad I had run out of tape it was bad I remember as he closed the door to that minivan, I looked at my boxes and I just said, this might be the last time I see these. (laughs) But then I remember uh, Ryan about a week later called me and a dude in a pickup truck 
had boxes that were busting open. One of them, I had like tampons flying out of it. And he's like, he's like, I think your boxes made it. And anyways, it was, that was shocking. But yeah, that's how I, that's how I made that big change. Um, yeah, and flew out. And thankfully the day after, so I, I landed the night of February 13th and the following morning, Brian took me to the beach and uh proposed so wow yeah yeah but um what else what other big changes i've also made a big change with how i eat when i was 17 18 i switched to being vegan and i've been like that for now 14 years and you've also made some changes. I have too, yes. Yes, I, I've struggled with my weight as an older adult and lost weight a few times. And every time I've had cancer treatment, I've gained weight. A lot mm. of people lose weight during that, but I always gain. Hmm. And probably about three years ago, I decided I would never, ever, ever diet again. Hmm. I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah. just not going to put myself through that. This is my weight this is who I am and I'm just gonna not even think about it anymore yeah and shortly after that I was talking to my naturopath about that and she just asked me a few questions about you know what kinds of food I ate Mm -hmm. and she said have you ever heard of bright line eating Hmm. you know like a bright line a clear line bright line eating yeah I said no and she said well you know it might might resonate with you you know why don't you check into it Hmm. so I got the book and I read the book and then I got the book on audio Hmm. or audible yeah and I listened to the book and it really resonated with me and it was talked about how our brain reacts to gluten and sugar and how it's like cocaine Mm. it just craves it yeah and that's what my brain was doing wow and so um i asked mark if he would read the book yeah and so we actually read it out loud to each other and then we listened to it again (laughs) and over about a six-week period of time we both decided that it would be best for our health Mm. to eliminate gluten and sugar so starting in january of 2020 we both um just change the way we're eating we don't really consider it dieting mm-hmm. it's just we just change the way we're eating and we've both lost a significant amount of weight and just wow. feel so much better and you guys garden so yes you eat mostly right yes we garden a organic. lot and it would probably in 2020 we had our best garden ever What are some of the things you have? Well, the amazing thing is the greens, the Swiss chard and the kale. Oh, and they're so delicious. Oh, and the kale. I didn't realize. The most mind-blowing flavor. Yes. I had no idea that it lasts all year. That That through the snow, through all the weather, it actually gets Mm. sweeter as as the longer it goes. And just a couple weeks ago, Mm. it started um, going to seed. So, and I have my new starts going now. So there might be just a short period of time, you know, six to eight weeks where we're not going to have garlic from our garden, but where we have to buy it. But in fact, I was at the store the other day looking at it and I thought, wow, this is nothing like what I have out in the yard. It's so flavorful. And what's crazy is growing up our backyard, what is it like a third or a quarter of an acre? Mm, Like how? About a third? Maybe. Yeah, Yeah. Somewhere in between. And we had you know, a big patch of grass, a patio area, 
Um, we had like a basketball hoop and tetherball pole and a little fire pit. And then in the back, there was a gravel area with like a big play set. Mm-hmm. And so in the middle, though, was all this grass. And what was crazy is the way that you guys made the garden. Right. Just we put, we did back to Eden gardening method, and you can look that up. Um, yeah, and yeah. And we'll put it we'll in the comments. Yeah. And we ended up just putting some cardboard down on top of the grass and then mm-hmm. about a foot of wood chips. Mm-hmm. And then over a year, it just makes this fantastic soil. It's, it's just crazy. absolutely incredible. So grass, then cardboard, and wood chips. Right. Yeah. And you would not believe the amount of, of vegetables and produce that mm-hmm. you've had from there. Like we've eaten potatoes, garlic, onions, cucumbers, beets, zucchini, yeah. beets. Uh, yeah, all your kinds of like lettuce, kale, mm-hmm. cilantro, yeah, Brussels sprouts, squash, pumpkins, broccoli, cabbage, purple and mm. green cabbage, and carrots, now tomatoes, we have, right? Elderberries, blueberries, beans. strawberries, raspberries, marionberries, Carolina mm. berries. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, just I've more never had and more, those. right? But yeah, so many good, wonderful things. So yes, you made, you made that big change. How, I mean, you kind of talked about how you did it, but were there any, maybe some benefits that you've been experiencing other than just weight loss? Like, do you feel like you're still addicted to gluten and sugar or like how long did that? Um, no, I don't even want it. In fact, it's, it smells bad to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I had the same experience when I changed my diet it's been a journey I wouldn't say that the past like since I immediately changed uh many years ago I wouldn't say that like my diet has looked the same year to year I've learned a lot and and grown a lot and changed a lot each season of life um since I was a teenager but I uh, the whole addiction to sugar and gluten I also felt that too and for me with sugar it would almost feel like if you could imagine every cell in your body being like in its skinniest being flat and then at its largest being like blown up and like filled with water or fluid, Mm -hmm. I would feel like when I had sugar, even just a small amount that I would just, yeah, I would either have a headache or a stomach ache or my whole body would just feel like inflamed and puffy. And it was just not a good feeling. And I think once you, after you kind of like break that mental, physical addiction, and then you feel the good side effects of having natural sugars and fruits and all of that, and just the pure, clean energy that comes from whole, natural, organic foods, it's like you don't even, it's like not even tempting. Like I look at those and I have this new mantra that I came up with this year of nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. That's right. And it really just like it, you can experience food in many ways beyond just eating it. You can smell it. You can look at it. You can watch other people eat it. There are other ways to see and experience things. So if I walk by an ice cream stand like in New York, I can still Mm -hmm. enjoy the smell of the waffle cone. Mm -hmm. But do I want it? No, because I know how it makes me feel. Right. Well, did you notice when we were down at Huntington Beach Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday, 
We walked by Baskin and Robbins. Oh yeah, that yeah. smell was almost intoxicating, like yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was too like far. Yeah, it didn't yeah. smell good. I know the other scent that is triggering in a bad way for me is like the uh, sour candies or like the gummies. Okay. Like um, there used to be this this candy store at the mall that I remember we would go get, it was the kind of candy store where you can get a plastic bag and then scoop whenever you want. And I would always get like the gummy frogs or the gummy sharks. And I remember they had like- I was the mother that took their kids there. (laughs) Oh man. sorry. And we would get like the, what was the other one I really liked? I really liked the, um, it was like a tape that was blue and red stripes and then had a it looked like crystallized sugar on it but it was sour Mm -hmm. and they had those like sour straws i don't know why i liked all that stuff because i can't stand it now but anyways that smell is just like the other one that gets me is kettle corn Oh, I you don't to, like it? No. Really? No, it almost See, makes still, me sick to my stomach. Oh, wow. See, the smell, I still kind of enjoy that. But, yeah, it's... But see, I'm looking forward to dinner tonight. We're having... I'm making a beet salad mm. with... So I'm going to grate the beets mm-hmm. with some cilantro and tangerines. Ooh! And maybe a little so goat good. cheese. You don't do goat cheese, but I'll put yeah. a little goat cheese on mine. But And I um, will juice three or four tangerines and that will be mm-hmm. the dressing on it i'm just so looking forward to that oh, i love the taste that'll be so good so it's just a whole different you know vision of food yeah and the way it makes me feel yeah so that's the biggest thing so every now and then when i think oh yeah a loaf of sourdough bread with some mm-hmm. butter on it the smell of fresh bread i swear right. heaven will smell like that <laughs> Yeah, and butter. Yeah, but then it makes me have indigestion or, you know, feel crampy and all. So it's like, nope, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, not my food. That's my thing. N-M-F, not my food. Yeah. Yeah. Once I started looking at food as medicine, it really shifted my approach to food. And I would say, I think when you're making any changes with your diet, it takes a while to... Number one, like have it not be a diet and have it be a lifestyle. Like that takes a few months. And also changing your desires. Your brain, I've been really surprised how my own brain has changed. Like there were moments where like Ryan really loves nut butter and it's like crack cocaine for me. Like I could eat a jar, no problem. Kelly has the same. Kelly, my brother will just pound town, like go go in. There was a while where if I smelled it, I was like a ravenous wolf. (laughs) And now my, my brain has like changed to the point where it doesn't trigger me or make me want it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the past like six months to a year even, or maybe it's been longer, I have developed even greater a desire for the foods that I eat now and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I don't feel like I'm missing out by the choices that I make for eating raw vegan foods. And I don't desire, like I don't even crave almond butter or old foods that I used to eat. They're just kind of a meh, it's there. But like that, that desire is gone because being healthy feels so much better right so recently i stopped drinking uh or using any cow 
milk products the mm-hmm. only dairy if you want to call it dairy would be i have a little bit of goat cheese now and then maybe two times a month or so mm-hmm. and then the other thing i've stopped is coffee oh that's and, so hard right and i say also, as i'm drinking my cold brew right, right now right <laughs> and i've also stopped all nuts Mm. And so I'm doing this, working with my naturopath, trying to get, uh, you know, some health things under control. And I did them one at a time. I stopped mm. nuts and seeds first. Which, wasn't and your nickname like squirrel or something? Chipmunk. Chipmunk. That's cuter than right, squirrel. Right. But. Yeah, that was my high school <laughs> nickname. So that was really hard for me. Yeah. And then I stopped the dairy and then I stopped coffee. Wow. I know. And I'm, the goal is to hopefully make some, you know, cha- health changes. And so I'm, I'm surprised mm. that I've been able to do it. Mm. So, yeah. I and you have like, a goal to feel better than, yeah. you, you know, so sometimes you can make the sacrifice. So. Yeah. I think that's a key in, in how to make changes. It's like, you have to have a goal that's very clear that you really, really want, and you need to be very convicted about it. Like back when you were saying you want to simplify your life. Well, why? You have to have your why. And if it's mm-hmm. a dietary shift that you want to make, is it because you want your body to feel a certain way? And you really have to be convicted of that why. Right. So that in the first, you know, I feel like it's that first, what do they say? It takes 13 days to develop a habit. Oh, I wish. I, mean, you know, I know. I feel 21 longer. days. I, I, yeah. That never worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, for it to be a habit to a point where you're not thinking about it and it's just the way you're doing things, for me, I feel like it takes a few weeks. But mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, um, that's a really good point that you've got to have a goal. So I've had this goal for a long time to simplify my home and get rid of things. Mm. And then there were some real key things that helped spur that on. One oh. of them was the leak in our kitchen <laughs> that caused us to have to pack up our house and basically have a, a remodel of our upstairs, our mm-hmm. floors. Everything except for our bedrooms was redone. Our bathroom was redone. All of our floors, our kitchen cabinets, countertops, all that. And so when we packed everything up it was easy to eliminate some things and then as we unpacked we eliminated some more Mm -hmm. and then right after that we went and visited you know these people that had it just seemed they had so much stuff in their house they hadn't hadn't gotten rid of Mm -hmm. or had it let go of or sorted through and it was like wow I I don't want to do this to my children you know to my friends or family so Hmm. those other little things along with a goal really helped in fact as soon as we got back from that vacation Mm -hmm. um, we just I just started right in Um, wow that reminds me of like one of dad's stories because uh, I'll tell that in a second I it's almost like you got a glimpse of the future of what if you kept going the way that you were going how that would look and you got enough of a taste that was bad to then, you know, trigger this, like, new goal of, okay, this needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. And I think of when dad was in, what, in kindergarten when he was, or maybe before, when he was, like, four or five. Right. And they lived um, in the Midwest, and he would walk around the neighborhood in the morning um, 
and all of his neighbors would offer him breakfast. Right. And so his mom would give him breakfast in the morning, right. and then he'd walk around to how many, how many breakfasts? Oh, two or three at least. Oh, I thought he said it was four or five. Oh, okay. He well, would have something. several breakfasts, but anyways... He got to a point in, you know, partway through the his kindergarten school year where he was really packing on the pounds. <laughs> and, and his dad brought out, what was it, a pair of like... Husky you know, pants. Husky pants that were just ginormous and showed them to my dad and was like, Mark, if you keep eating the way you're eating, you're going to have to wear these. And... <laughs> My dad just what just bawled oh, yeah. and cried and then and then his dad and mom called all the neighbors and were they were like stop feeding Mark <laughs> he's already been fed and yeah but yeah. good thing he's he's not wearing husky pants so. <laughs> that is good in fact he's gotten so thin he, I can't buy him pants at Costco anymore they, oh they don't wear they don't sell the size he wears he's so small. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Well, that's good that even in your um, more mature age, we'll say, you're still willing to make changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very exciting that you're yes. in a transition and mm-hmm. opening up, saying no to some things so that you can say yes to others. Right, right. And, so yeah. later this year, this fall, is our 40th wedding anniversary. Ooh. And I would really love to be able to fit into my wedding dress. Mm. So the, um, I might be able to get down to the same weight, but you know, the body might not be shaped the Composition same. Composition <laughs> changes. It definitely. does. It does. Though I have heard, and I, I should look this up, but I've heard that in your adolescence, you grow the like the amount of fat cells that your body has mm-hmm. wherever they are like say you know you were an athlete and you had you know real thick thighs maybe you were like a <laughs> cyclist let's say as a you know preteen or whatever wherever those fat cells grow and how the number that you have i've heard that that's you have that many the rest of your life it's not oh. like you grow more fat cells it's more that they either those cells grow okay. or shrink. Well, so I was never fat till after I had my third so baby. So I see that <laughs> I see that because there's hope that either your muscle structure has changed, okay. your bones have changed, or the fat cells that you do have have either grown or yeah yeah and they'll shrink. Yeah. Yeah. And I use the yeah. sauna regularly and sauna use helps those yes, shrink. Yes, it does. Drink yes. lots of good clean water, detox your body. And the infrared, far infrared saunas. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. How do we make changes? Well, here are three takeaways. Number one, make sure you have a clear goal set in place. Number two, you got to have your why. What is the benefit? What would negatively happen if you don't achieve your goal? Really think these things through because it will be your fuel on those days where it's really hard to stay focused and achieve your goal. Make sure you've got conviction. Lastly, number three, have someone that helps you stay accountable. It's so helpful 
to share with a loved one what goal you're trying to achieve and ask them to keep you accountable to it. Say, hey, check in on me. Make sure that I'm doing what I want to do. And in that way, we can have those loved ones close to us help us become the best version of ourselves. So like I said, thanks for tuning in. And if you guys have any questions, we love unpacking them. So please email us at idkaskmymomkt at gmail.com. Have a great day.